Tonight I want to share just a few things, and we're going to go back maybe and just recap. When I woke up this morning, I don't know if it's me or you, so I'll just give it to you, so that way it's not me. And, and I just, I, I had this, this, this thought just came to me, and, and it was, uh, are you asking the right questions? And, and in, my, in my world, I, I, I God, you know, what, what is that? Well, if you want the right answers, you have to ask the right questions. And I know in my life, I've, I've tried to communicate, and I've done things, and I don't know if you're like me or not, but I have looked all over the house, up and down, left and right. I've been through every drawer, every nook, every cranny. I've been everywhere looking for something. And then I'll finally ask Elizabeth. <laughs> and, and she will, of course, tell me and show me where those things are. And by the way, I'm looking for all the CDs and DVDs that you took out of my office. I can't find them anywhere. I looked all through the storage room today, and I was very nervous. So if you could help me with that later. I thought I'd throw that in there so I don't forget. But it, it would be so much easier if I'd just asked first. Have you ever been in those situations where you've been trying to ask something of somebody, then you realized about 20 minutes later you are not asking the right question? They're answering you, and you're saying, no, that's not it. I mean this. No, that's not. No, no, I mean this. No, that's not it. No, no, I mean. Oh, you know what? I don't mean that. I mean this. We have to, in our own selves, as we come before God, we have to come before him, humbly, of course, with our heart attitudes yielded and all those things. But, but you have to come to God knowing, do you know what you need, expect, and are looking for as you come to the Father? It says in Matthew chapter 7 that if any man asks, he receives. Now, that's good news, that you ask and you receive. But are you asking according to his will for you? It says, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. And if any man asks, in verse 7, it says, if any man asks, he receives. So God has set up this system and this opportunity for us as believers to come before him in prayer, to come before him quietly in that time or loudly in our car or wherever that might be and have the opportunity to ask him a question. Now, to all of us, what's the right question? It may be different for you than it is for me. You may be seeking or searching something that that I'm not. Lacey, you're seeking wisdom as you come out of your schooling and into your job and you're asking God questions I would assume that line up with where do I go what do I do and who's going to hire me and what's going to happen now amen in James 1 it says if any man lacks wisdom let him do what ask but let him ask without doubt now you can ask without doubt when you know you're coming to the father with the right question but when you don't know you're coming and you're not sure about the question, then there, there is a little bit of doubt. You come to God and say, is it red? Or you say, God, I thank you that it's red. I'm making that up. I don't know what it is. But you can't come to him with doubt in your heart. You come to him knowing 
that what you're asking him is what he has in store for you. Father, I have questions. I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know where I'm going. But in this particular area of my life, I know that you have said that you would bless me, that you would open up a door of opportunity before me, and I'm getting ready to walk through it. And Father, I don't know if this is the right door or not. And so I am coming to you today. You told me in your word. I can be confident that when I come to you and say, Father, I need your wisdom. I need your direction. I need you to speak to me, lead me, guide me, and show me that you will. You're going to face different opportunities, and you're going to have to know which one is which talking to another college graduate from, from Purdue or coming up. It's nice to see Alinda with us. She's getting, are you getting ready to graduate? Is that why you're here? Yay, that's good stuff. Give Alinda a hand. Dr. Alinda, sorry. Now, this is something. In the last four months, we're going to lose four PhDs out of this sanctuary. That's a lot of brain drain. So y'all got to get smarter. Because Dr. Alinda's leaving, and Dr. Michael's leaving, and, and what's his wife's name? Ah, uh, we married him up at the lake. Well, you and I didn't, but maybe I did. I don't know. You were there. Deanna, Dr. Deanna, and, and Chris Davies. And the Chris Davies is in a, in a situation where he comes, he comes to the altar, and he meets me at the door, and some of you don't get to shake my hand because he's, he's talking to me, saying, ah, there are so many people after me. That I, 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 don't, I, don't, I don't know what to do. Chris, God knows. God knows exactly what he has for you. And it's the one that's here in Lafayette. <laughs> but I even, you know, I say, whatever God has for you to go, man, that's fine. You know what I'm praying for, but I, you know, just you follow God's wisdom. But, it, but sometimes I think when those doors of opportunity, like it said in the beginning of the year, are open before us, we, we, we ask God crazy questions. We need to know, he knows the direction that he's going is what the Father has for him. He's just asking him, Father, which one of these am I supposed to go through? Which door is it for me? Which job is it for me? Which situation is it for me? Which state is it for me? What do you have for me? Because I want to boldly walk through that door. The scripture that we used was in Ephesians, and it was chapter 5, and it was verses 15 through 17. And it said, so be careful... Each of us, how we live, don't live like fools, but live like those who are wise, making the most of every opportunity. I've talked to a lot of people over these last four months who have come to me and said, wow, the opportunity is abounding everywhere. It's not what I thought it was going to be. Yeah, probably not. How many of you do that? You line up the way the opportunity should fall, and God always comes in on the other side of those things. We said that it was a year of opportunity for us and that we would have to do some things we didn't know how to do. We'd have to go some places we didn't want to go. We'd have to, we'd have to step out in faith when we were afraid. But if we would do those kind of things, if we would step into what God had for us, we'd be blessed. Because the second part of this says, make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. Don't act thoughtlessly, but understand what the will of the Lord is or understand what the Lord wants you to do. As we come to him and we're being prepared to hear from, what, from the Father and what he has for us, we have to come with a, a, a heart that is, that is good ground, humble, yielded, devoted to seeking him and all those things that we teach. But as we move through these doors of opportunity, there are questions that we ask, and not all of them are questions maybe that you would ask of the Father. Some of them are questions that you might ask of yourself. 
We want to know how to ask God better questions. But I think sometimes we need to ask ourselves better questions. And the first question that I felt to, I guess, ask myself today was, was, am I being honest with me? That first question that I have to ask is, am I being honest with myself? That as I, as I begin to go through this life, or I begin to walk through this door of opportunity, am I being honest with me? How many of you know, you, are, you don't need the enemy to lie to you because you are the best liar to yourself that there is. Right? I mean, that's, I, I, can, I can talk myself into anything. And if I really want to do it, God said it too. And I'll have four scriptures to line up with it. It'll be in my prayer journal. It'll be everything. And you, you know people who are like that, and they live in this, this world, and it's not, but they have convinced themselves that this lie is true. You have, to be, you have to be honest with yourself. We all have to be honest with ourselves to know really what, what does God have for us in this time. Are you listening to and do you know the truth? Because it's only the truth that sets you free. When you lie to yourself, we, we teach out of a book called Telling Yourself the Truth in VBI, in, in Character of the Believer. It's written by William Backus. It's a good book. Uh, it's, one of, it's one of, you know... It was one of the books that really made a difference in my life because it makes you actually like take a mirror and put it in front of yourself and say, this is who you are. And as you go through the book, you begin to see the places where you've, you've, you've not told yourself the truth or where you've allowed yourself maybe to listen to or to believe a lie. And it's impossible for us to believe a lie yet go forward in what God has for us. And that book will take you through those things step by step and piece by piece. It'll ask you to fill out some things. It'll ask you some questions about yourself. And they are hard questions because you have to be truthful. The heart, our heart, in the natural is, is, is a pesky little booger. It's deceitful. Jeremiah, in 17 verse 9, it says that, the, that your heart, in the natural, the natural man, your natural heart is deceitful. Why do you think the word says in Romans 12 that we're supposed to renew our mind to the word? Because if we don't, we revert back to the flesh. And the flesh is deceitful. Paul said that he is, he's betrayed by his flesh. He said, I, I want to do this, but I don't. I don't understand why. I can't figure it out. In my life, I want to do what's right, but my flesh wants to do what's wrong, and it's a battle, and it's a fight, and there's a tension between those two, and I've done. That's, I mean, Paul said he struggles with that. But you don't have to struggle with that. You can ask yourself this, do I know the truth? Do I really know the truth about who I am in Christ, about what he has for me to do? We've been talking about living the dream and doing those things on Sundays. Do you know what God has out there for you? I, I, could, I could tell myself that he wants me to be a, a pilot, but that's not true. And I could, I could try to believe it, I could try to do it, I could try to learn it, and I would be miserable following after a lie. But I have to tell myself the truth, just like you. And many people, many people hide behind a lie. They hide behind a lie that they, they can't do it because of something. That they won't be able to make it because of their education. That they, they can't possibly go that direction because they, they, they don't have the finances to do that. That they can't possibly step out in faith in that area because they tried it once and they failed, and so that's obviously not the place for them to go. And we begin to take these lies, we begin to meditate on them, and we begin to make them real. 
And now all of a sudden you have somebody that's hooked up and they're all backwards and they're, 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 they're fearful and, and they're, they're insecure and, and they, don't know, they, don't know what to, they, they don't know what to do. They, now they don't even know what the truth is. They're not sure what the lie is and then the confusion sets in. And where confusion is, every evil work, and all of those things begin to, you implode on the inside. It's very, it's very important that you and I tell ourselves the truth. And if you don't know what that is, you can hold the, you can hold the word up as your mirror. You begin to read what this thing says about you, and it displaces the lies. What God says about you in the word is who you are. What he speaks and says you can do is what you can do. Those other thoughts and those other things, they got to they get out of the way. You have to displace them with the truth. And when you displace them with the truth, then you're in a place where you can begin to ask the appropriate questions. But that first question that we have to ask ourselves is, listen, do I, do, do I really tell myself the truth? The lie that you tell yourself or that you believe, it kind of, when it's, when it's covered up, it kind of empowers you to do something that you shouldn't do. Like I said earlier, you make it up in your head. And you meditate it long enough, it becomes truth. And then you hear a couple messages along the way, and you pick out pieces and parts of them. And you write it in your prayer journal, and then you believe that, you know what, this is, this is the truth. Well, it's not really. It's just kind of messed up and mixed up. The enemy knows the word. And he will, he will bring it to you in a little bit of a mixed up, messed up, mashed up way to see if you will believe a lie. The problem is sometimes we do. And when we go that direction, it almost empowers us to act on it. But as soon as the lie is uncovered, it loses its power. And when you uncover that lie in your own life, then it makes you face this situation that says, I need to change. And I need to be different than I am. So we we have to ask ourselves, do we know the truth? The second thing I think that we have to ask ourselves is this question. Do I know the end from the beginning? If you want it in simpler terms, what what do I want my story to tell? As we're walking through these opportunities or we're walking in this life by faith, it's not rocket science. If you read that Ephesians chapter 5 out of another text, it says... What is the wise thing, basically, to do in your life? What do you want the story to say about you down the road? How many of you know you're on this side of that story? There's a few things back there that you wish you wouldn't ought to done. When you have to sit down and talk to your kids and tell them a few things that you, you, you did that you shouldn't do, that, or maybe you did that they shouldn't do. That's usually the way we say it. You shouldn't do that. Why? Don't ask mommy why. Just don't do it. You're not old enough yet, someday. Now, here's the thing. If we can do the right thing now, we don't have to worry about that. If we can go forward and write the story by making good decisions in our life, we don't have to worry about what if. And here's the, here's the example that, that, that I, I felt like I had. Jesus lived on this earth knowing the end in the beginning. And everything he did as he walked on this earth was because of what he wanted the end result to be. He said, I I am here to do the will of the Father. 
and I do what he tells me to do, and I say what he tells me to say, and he was tempted, it says, in every way, just as you and I were tempted. He had opportunity to fail. He had opportunity to walk away. He had opportunity to sin, but he didn't do it. Why? Because he knew where he was that day was important to where he was going and what was at the end of the road. And the more you and I can keep the end of the road in mind, the better decisions we make today. The problem with your decision today, when they're not good, there's two things. One, you don't care about tomorrow, and you don't care what's going on. Or two, your past has got you so wrecked, you make all kinds of crazy decisions. Now, I know the word says don't worry about tomorrow, because tomorrow will take care of itself. But we have to realize that the things we do today affect tomorrow. And so in our lives, not only do we have to say, man, am I telling myself the truth? I have to think, do I know the end from the beginning? Am I going to live my life like Jesus did, understanding and knowing that every decision I make during these days goes toward this end result? He had a chance. He had a chance to make mistakes. He had a chance to sin. He had a chance to do the wrong thing. Didn't do it. He even got to the end of the line and said, okay, I'm not real hip on this, but whatever your will is, if there's another way, I'll do that. But if not, I am going to complete the journey. I'm going to finish this thing. Joseph and his brothers had two different endings in their world of their story. Joseph stayed true to the path that God had for him, and he came out as the honest one. He came out as the, as the hero The brothers, they ended up in trouble, and they ended up deceitful, and they came out in the end as liars. Don't do anything today that makes you a liar for the rest of your life. You don't remember Joseph's brothers so well in Genesis as good guys. Why? Because they made some bad choices. They walked in jealousy. They walked in envy. They were false murderers. They betrayed their brother. They lied to their dad. Now think about that story. Those are things that they did today that affected the story down the road. So that as we sit here and we read about them, we think, you dirty rats, why would you do that to that nice boy Joseph? That's the way we come. You go through that. You don't think they're good guys. Now, in the end, as it all finishes and their descendants come out and they become the children of Israel, then we kind of wash away the fact that their their great-great-great-great-grandpa was a real derelict. And when they come in the end and they all bow down, we kind of give them a little bit of a break. But we we know, yeah, you guys are skunks. Don't, Don't put yourself in a position today that's going to compromise where God has for you to go tomorrow. You, you have to make that decision, and so do I. And we have to ask ourselves that question. What do I want this story to tell? What does God have for me on the other side of this road? In overcoming faith, we, we, we talk about it and teach it like this. If I know the end result, the vision, right? Let's write the vision, make it plain on tablets. Why? So he who reads it may be able to run with it. That means that as you walk in this life, you know where you're going. As we set up these these goals or visions and dreams and we have them out there, the reason we write them down on paper is because that helps me make the right decision. Because the decisions that I make today either take me closer to that or farther away from that. 
This is the end, the dream, the desire, the plan, the purpose. Whatever it is that God has for me, whatever it is that he's promised me is on the other side. I have to ask myself now, what do I do today to make this happen? This decision I have to make. Okay, look, this either takes me closer to that or farther away. I have something to judge it by. I have something to use. I'm not saying you discount what God's saying or any of those kind of things. I'm saying I'm taking what God told me, and I'm going to today make the decisions that are going to affect me coming closer to that or being farther away. If you want to get out of debt, spend less. Well, I can't do that. Well, that's not going to work. If your end goal is to get out of debt, you can't keep going into debt. That takes you farther. You have to spend less. You have to put more toward the debt. There's a, there's a natural principle involved in this. Well, I want to I pay off my house. Great. Then start making double payments. I can't do that. Well, what do you think? There's going to be a money tree you're in the backyard? You're going to hard take it to the bank? I, you, 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 somewhere along the way, you got to go a little farther than where you are today. Well, should we take that vacation? I don't know. Does it take us closer to our goal or does it not take us closer to our goal? I'm not saying don't take a vacation because I'm going to take one soon. So, that's, I mean, that's not a... But you got to realize the end, you got to know the end from the beginning. And do you know the end of yours from the beginning? Because then every day from this time on, I have a good idea what God wants me to do. Or at least I have a divining rod that helps me determine what he wants me to do. Because you're making decisions at a very quick pace all through the day, day by day, week by week, and month by month. So when I say you need to ask the right questions, those questions need to line up with the, God's goals for your life. The third thing is, is the, probably the most important, and it's what we teach the most around here of all the things. What is the Holy Spirit saying to me? What do I feel in my, in my spirit, in my heart? You will get in trouble in your life if you go against that check or that stoplight or that, that warning that you feel on the inside of you. You'll get in trouble if you go past that. In Colossians 3, verses 15, it says that we need to let the peace of God rule in our hearts and in our minds. That's the scripture that I use with my friend who's got 15 different jobs and everybody wants him. We said, you know what? I mean, way back in the day, God had a word for him that said, you're going to be an expert and everybody's going to want you. And now he comes back a couple years later and he goes, that's happening. Yep. Now, now it's important for you to be able to hone in on what God has for you. Not the one you like, not the one that has the nicest weather, not the one that pays the most, the one that God has for you, that one in Lafayette. He's probably, probably listening. But that's important. Where do you have peace? Where in your heart is there peace? Paul said in Acts 27, men, I perceive this trip is going to end in disaster. I perceive, I feel in my spirit that this thing is going to go awry and we are going into trouble. Now, he's the prisoner, and he doesn't necessarily at that point have the option not to go, because if he had the option not to go, I'm sure he wouldn't go. But he told them, 
in my man, I'm telling you right now, in my spirit, this is a this is this is an absolute disaster. It's a train wreck. And by the time they were over, and by the time they were finished, that it was. The boat smashed smithereens, everybody stuck on the island, and it came out the way that he said. You can't ignore that thing on the inside of you. Even though you see a way to get what you know God has for you, even though you like you have made a path and God has a doorway in front of you and you've, you've tunneled around it, and you said, I know, God, you said to wait here for you and to go through this door of opportunity that you have for me, but I have, I have worked out a, f- a few deals that maybe you don't know about, and I, I, I can get right around here, and I, and I can get to that. I can, get, I, can get, I can see it around the door. I can make it over there if, if we can just do this. Doesn't work. The only way to get to what's on the other side of that door of opportunity in life is to go through the threshold. If you go around the block, who knows what'll be there. David was running around in the caves hiding from Saul. He was anointed to be the next king of Israel. Saul got jealous went after him, and so he fled to the mountains and hid in the caves. While he was in the caves one day, Saul was chasing him. Saul had to go to the bathroom. It actually, you know, I mean, it's, he, he came in to do his business. So he came into this cave. It's important to know that part because it makes you incredibly, well, anyway, vulnerable when you're doing your business. David had an opportunity to take out his adversary and seemingly then become the king because everybody knew he was anointed to be the next king. So if Saul died in battle, he was going to be king. Or if Saul died in the cave doing his business, David would be king. Who says? David snuck up there and he cut off a piece of his robe and he went back to, to the guys and, and then it says he, he, had, he had confliction. He had, con, he had a conscious moment in his heart that said, well, we, we shouldn't be doing this. We should still honor the man because God said he's still the man. We could take his, his brothers were going like, yeah, take him out. We're tired of being up here in the hills. We want to go down to the palace with you, take him out and we'll go forward. And he said, I, we can't, we, we're doing the wrong thing. We can't, who would say that had he gone and, and just took him out, who would say that he would be king? That God wouldn't come down and just get hot with him because he just made a huge mistake. He said, we need to honor the man even though he hates us, we're gonna honor the man. And then after the king left, David said, hey, I've got this thing of your robe and he wept and all those kind of things. And so, I mean, it, you can't, you can, I don't, I don't care if you can see your way around that door. I don't care if you can get up underneath that thing. I don't care if you're like a mouse and anywhere your head can get, the rest of you can get. You can't go there until God opens up that door. And I'm telling you, when you're trying to go underneath that door, your spirit's going to be blaring an alarm at you. And it's going to be telling you, stop, 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 no, no, no. And how many of you know? We'll take an ax to that door if we have to. All the while hearing that, no, no, oh yeah, I probably shouldn't be doing this. Have you ever done that? 
I shouldn't be, I shouldn't be trying to dig under this, but I, you know, I'm just checking it out. I'm just going to look and I'm just going to see if that's, you know, if this happens to be another way. I might find something down here that's a switch that opens the door. So God, I'm just going to, I'm just, you know, I'm not really going to go there, but I'm just, don't be playing around with him. What is the Holy Spirit saying to you? That's important. That's a question that you have to ask and answer of you. The problem is in that we don't usually understand is no. Until we do it, <laughs> it becomes uh-oh. Right? It doesn't make sense to us. So we just, we just like, we don't understand. God, it'll just, it's right there. I'm sure David is saying, look, he is right there. I could, I could hit him with a rock. I could, do, I could do anything and take him out. He's right there. But he's restrained. Why? Because his conscience won't let him do that. The conscience is the voice of your spirit. And it's, it's telling him, you, you can't do that. We've got to honor the man. And in bringing honor, that's the fourth question that we really need to ask ourselves probably as we finish. As you look at your situation and you look at the things that you're going through, these questions, when I say, are you asking the right questions, it's not necessarily, are you asking of God the right questions? It's, are you asking yourself the right questions? Because we'll come back to God 10 times and say, what do you, what, what's the Holy Spirit want me to do? And he says, I, I told you that. And I, and I told you that before, and I, I told you that before. The fourth question, though, for us to think about and to ask ourselves is, in this situation where I have to decide what to do, what one brings honor to God? If you, if you go through all those and you, you, mean you, you, you tell yourself the truth and all that stuff and it, you know, you're trying to figure it out and then you, you go through the thing of what the Holy Spirit's telling you, I mean, in the very end, it's, 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 it could be this simple. Which one brings honor to God? Because you and I are both put in this earth, we were created to bring honor to Him. And just as it says where you know the end from the beginning, the end brings Him honor. And if you don't get there, that's a problem. In Matthew chapter 5, verses 14 and 16, or 14 through 16, you know the scripture, we use it all the time. It says, you are the light of the world that a city set on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor do they light a lamp, it says, and put it under a basket, but they put it on a lampstand and it gives light to all who are in the house. Because verse 16 says, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works. And give glory and glorify your Father in heaven. The whole idea is that you get through the doorway of opportunity to the other side in His plan and in His time, His way. Not so that you bring glory to yourself, but you will. It says in the Word that you will. They will see that good work in you. They will see His glory in you. But you turn, you're a reflector. You're a deflector of his glory. That when you come through that door, they see your good works. They see the glory of God in your life. They say, man, that is awesome. I can't believe God, I can't believe that happened. Yeah, God, man, I'm telling you, he's amazing. And then you turn him to God. What one of those things gives God honor? There's a story about Tony Dungy back in the 2007 Super Bowl when they won. 
and, and, and as the time was ticking down on the thing, he, re- he realized that in about a handful of minutes or seconds, somebody was going to come and, and put a microphone in his face. Say, congratulations, Coach Dungey. You're world champions. And he said, I, I had a conscious moment where I had to think, what am I going to say that gives honor to God? People say all kinds of things to you about your success or whatever. Yep, it's all God. As you get more and more successful, you know that it's all, it's all God. It's, not, it's obviously not him. Maybe it's you, but it's, you know, I mean, it's, I'm tell, but it's all God. The farther you go down the path, as you go, accolades come, you see opportunity come, you see blessing in your life, it's all God. You say it all the time, Shane. Everywhere he goes, not only is he blessed, not only is his company blessed, but the places that he goes to sell to, those people are getting blessed. They're ordering more and more from him. Why? Because they're dealing with somebody who's given God all the honor, giving God all the glory, giving God all the praise. And everywhere he goes, not only is his household blessed, everything he touches, it says in the word, everything we touch will prosper. So that as he goes into these businesses, they begin to prosper because he's working with them. He sees it all the time. He tells me all the time. Yeah, I can't believe it. They're just ordering twice as much every time I go over there. They can't help. He says, they can't help but be blessed. I tell them. You're going to be blessed. I'm just telling you. You're working with a blessed person. And you're, God's going to bless you. That's true. In 1 Corinthians chapter 6, Paul was writing, and it was about sexual immorality, and it was about your flesh, and it was about your body. But it says you are not your own, that you were bought with a price. And it goes on in the end and says, Therefore, glorify God in your body with your flesh, with who you are. There is freedom in walking the path that God has for you. I think people come to church and they look at the word and they see handcuffs and they see the fun police. And they say, well, like, why would I go do that? I can't, I can't do it. I'm telling you, it's not handcuffs, it's freedom. They're not the fun police, they're the party givers. God will rain down on you blessing in your life and joy in your life and peace in your life and freedom in your life like you have never had if you'll just walk your life after him. Asking yourself this, I'm not, I'm not lying to me, man. I'm telling myself the truth. If there's something that comes in, I'm casting it down. I'm going forward in him. I know my end from where I am today and therefore I'm gonna make good decisions so that I can end up in that place that God has for me. I'm not gonna do that. Even, man, that might be right. It might be wrong. It, I don't know if it's, the Bible doesn't say I shall, but it doesn't say I shall either. I'm just gonna put that aside and keep going forward. We gray everything up. But it's, it's yay or nay. See, I know my end from my beginning. I know what the Holy Spirit said, and I am moving after it, and I am going that direction. Why? Because I'm asking myself these questions during the day. I'm asking myself these questions in my prayer time. I'm asking the, God, man, I'm telling you what, speak to me. Tell me something. Show me something. Why? Because I, I got to move, man. I'm not, I don't want to keep going forward. I want to get to the end. Speak to me. I want to bring you honor and I want to bring you glory and I want to see you do great things in my life and through me. 
I want to see people's lives changed. I, that I mean, in the end, it really gets down to that thing in Matthew chapter 5 that says, hey, men will see your good works and they'll see the whole thing about asking questions. That whole stuff is about the other people, right? On the other side of the door that we've been talking about since January. Which one brings glory to God? Which one brings people closer to him? Which one is the better example of Jesus Christ in this earth? Well, that's a simple, that's this one. Well, then go do it. I don't want to go do it. Then you got problems. Because you can't shine up junk. The skunk still smells. You can paint it differently. Pepe Le Pew didn't look like a skunk, but he smelled bad. Some of you don't even know who that is. You're probably way too young to know who Pepe Le Pew is, but... There's just some questions to ask yourself as you go down your day. Because I think sometimes we, we at the nuts and bolts deal, as we walk through our day, sometimes we don't, we don't know how to handle the situations and the things that come. We don't know how to answer those questions as they come, as they hit us on the fly and as we go. It's real simple. Weigh it out. Does it line up with the end? Does it line up with the Word of God, the truth? Because it's the truth that sets you free. Does it line up with what the Spirit is telling you? See, these aren't anything new. We just, we just change the questions. It's all the same thing. What's the Word say? What's the Spirit say? The end from the beginning. Which one brings glory to God? People can't answer your questions for you. Only in your heart do you know. So as we're here today, and we can stand up and we'll pray. And I haven't meant to be chaotic and steer you all over the place through this. But when I woke up this morning, I'm not kidding, I, I just had that word that says that you're, you're asking the wrong questions. So in your life, what are you asking? What are you asking yourself? What are you asking of God? Where, where are you in your life? Are you asking the right, are you getting the answers that you've been searching for? If you're not getting the right answers, then you need to look at the questions. And now we talked about questions in ourselves and questions for our, our direction on this path. But now turn your eyes to him and say, you know what? I need your answers in my life. Are you asking the right questions? Maybe you face decisions tonight, and that's who I felt to pray for. Just those who are facing decisions in their life, and they have to make the right decision, and they're not sure what to do. If that's you, just raise your hand, because that's who I felt to pray for today. We hope this message encouraged you. Victor Christian Center is passionate about sharing the love, acceptance, and forgiveness of Jesus. Learn more about us at victorylafayette.org. If you don't know Jesus or maybe you've gotten distracted and stopped following Him, I'd like to pray for you right now. The most important decision you'll ever make involves accepting the love of Jesus and His gift of new life. I'd invite you to make this prayer your own and take this opportunity to begin to follow Jesus. God, I ask you to reveal yourself to me. I want to know you. I ask you to forgive the sin in my life that has kept me from enjoying a relationship with you. Give me a fresh start by changing my life and helping me to follow you from this point forward. I accept your love through Jesus and I commit to trust your plan for my life. It's in Jesus' name that I pray. Amen. If you've prayed this prayer for the first time, please get in touch with us and let us know. To learn more about Victory or to contact us, visit us online at victorylafayette.org.